Are pets becoming more than just companions? Tune in as I, Dr. Cara and Victoria Lavelle explore the rising trend of the humanization of pets and its profound impact on our lives. Hello, pet enthusiasts, and welcome back for another episode of the Pause and Effect podcast. This time, we're peeling back the layers of the pet-human connection in South Africa. As pets are treated like family members, we explore the rising trend of pet humanization. And that's not all wagging tails and purrs. We'll also venture into the fascinating world of limitations, particularly in health, behavior, and welfare. I'm Dr. Cara, a veterinarian with a passion for pets. And today, we're embarking on a fascinating journey. Joining us is Victoria Laval, a CMI executive and expert in the pet industry. Victoria, thank you. So welcome back. Thank you. Um, thank you, Victoria. The first part was fascinating. You've got really great stats and great information on the general pet landscape after you conducted a, a survey in South Africa. Um, thank you for sharing that information. I think it's valuable content and I think we can tap into a lot of the, the need states from that. So really useful information for me and for um, brands and vets and all pet owners, I think. I'm glad. Mm, very cool. So one of the, the aspects that I found particularly interesting was this emerging trend or this buzzword of humanization, um, pet humanization in particular. What does it mean? And sort of how did you, how did you come across this in, in terms of differentiating it from um, people who are ultimately disengaged with their pets? I mean, we actually found it to be quite a, a growing trend in the study. And what it was coming across and what it means is that it's not, they're not pet owners, they're pet parents. Um, regardless if the, your pet is someone who is um, a child in your family or if it is someone who's just part of the family or um, potentially sometimes if you're even someone who has that emotional connection but you don't even see it as part of the family, you might still buy into this trend. So just taking a few steps backwards. So when we were doing the study, we did actually see, and we did speak about it a little bit earlier, we did actually see some, I'm calling them topologies, a few topologies emerging with um, our, our pet owners. Um, and they're kind of on a continuum. So the first, well, the, the first one that I'll start off with is, is more about the disengaged. So these are pet owners who a dog or a cat has come into their lives, um, potentially just been astray, and they don't really have an engagement with them. It's just there in the household. They'll feed it whatever every day, keep it alive, um, but it just it's just there. That is such a small percentage of people who fall into this category. Like, I would even say it's as small as about 3%. Wow. Um, and then, so then you realize how much people are engaged with with their pets um, coming onto that. So the next kind of on the continuum will be our functional pet owner. And these are people, and they are mostly a um, dog, dog pet owners that fall into the space um, and they will generally have it for something like um, safety and security in their home um, or if they need it as a, as a sort of medical dog for some purpose or support or, or whatever so that's the kind of role that that animal will play with cats it might be there to rid the house of of rats and mice um, and that, so they have a very functional role in the house. There is a low level of connection with these consumers. There is, I said previously, it's about 20% of, of pet owners will fall into the space. And then we start to see this real emotional connection coming through. And then we have our next um, our pet owner, who's a, it's, we call it the emerging connection, because they, they're generally quite new pet owners. They haven't grown up with animals in their house. They've probably brought, been brought up with a lot of cultural 
um, things on pets at play. And they're starting to develop this emerging relationship with their pets. Um, and this is where we love to connect with, where you can start seeing humanization starting to, to form. So they are about over 10% of, of, our, of our pet owners fall into the space. And then we see on the continuum going along that it's, then it becomes that family pets. So, and you'll start to see yourself in these um, different types of topologies. You'll be like, yes, I have a dog in my house and it's only for safety and security. Oh yes, you know, I am that, it's a family pet for me. Um, I, I love my animal, I will do anything for my animal. So a family pet is someone who will do anything for their, their pets. They see it as part of their family. They do see it as a cat or a dog. They don't see it as a child, but um, that's the kind of distinction. And then we see this fur child, and this makes up the bulk, the fur child and the family pet. That's almost, six, almost like 65% of our consumers fall into these kind of categories. Wow. Um, and a fur child is definitely someone who is like a child, they treat it like a child. Humanization is core to them. So they, they, they want, for example, food to look like tasty and appetizing. So if they're just feeding their dry pellets to the animal, they're like, this is boring. Um, I want this to have some gravy on it. Um, I want to zhuzh up the meals every night. Um, I want to add some flavor. So they often will take their food as well and or their gravy or whatever they've had and added to the meal to kind of it's more for us to make it more appetizing for their pets i know when i go shopping i, I get bored when i only see my cat can eat tuna or chicken and i would be like can we just offer some more flavors for for my cat because i would just get bored of just eating the one thing and it's kind of like your own perceptions and your own feelings and and what you think is important, you kind of put it on to your pet because they are, they're part of your family and you feel like your needs should be their needs as well. Welcome back to Just For Pets, you're with Dr. Cara. Hi doc, it's Justin the Jack Rossi here and boy am I itchy. Are you on a hypoallergenic diet? Hyper what now? Changing to a special diet will really help and Just For Pets have a massive range and flea and tick medication, special shampoo. Oh, how quick can you get some? Order today and we'll deliver pronto. I feel better already. Justforpets.co.za Vet approved, pet adored. Get it all to your door. Let's get back to our conversation on the Pause and Effect podcast. Is this something that we should be encouraging? Um, you know, obviously from a vet perspective, I get quite concerned. I mean, I can relate to it. Certainly I can. Um, my connection with my pets is definitely evolving. And um, I certainly, I love the, the product innovation, things mm. that tap into a lot of that behavior. But obviously with the, the vet hat on, it does make me a bit concerned that there are going to be nutritional issues, whether it's you know weight gain or people not meeting nutrient requirements and deficiencies resulting from people, for example, thinking they can formulate their own food when we find it difficult to do it ourselves for our own yeah. you know, family. Um, but also in terms of the, the behavioral aspects, so the hierarchy that uh, used to be established in the household with pets knowing their place, now you know that fur baby, that fur child, mm. Um, did you see any any signs of this when you were when you were talking to people who identified as being um, this humanized sort of wanting and desire to have their pets, for example, in their beds? Um, so we did see it on the on the food side. So we did see like people obviously giving you know milk to their cats, um, giving different kind of human f food that I, I know because speaking to vets that you shouldn't be giving to your pets <laughs> or mixing it in to make it more delicious tasting 
well, for them that they would think was delicious tasting for their pets. We also saw that knowledge gap that they don't know what is nutritious or not and, and that playing a role. So we did see it a lot in the, in the food space. So I think that's where your voice, um, the vet's voice becomes really important to kind of give them this knowledge, education on what um, if you're following this trend, you know, we still may, they are still have certain needs as animals. They need to get certain nutrition, uh, nutritional value into their diet. Mm-hmm. Um, they still also have behavioral needs that they need to do. So in the behavior space, we didn't, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if bathing with your pit bull is normal, <laughs> but <laughs> tell, tell us if people miss part one, um, and I would encourage them to listen to it. Tell, tell us a little bit more about the, the pit bull and the bathing. Uh, yeah, so we were speaking to one consumer and he was just trying to, he, he loved his pit bull. He actually called it, and I'm probably saying the name differently, but like Tootsie um, the whole time and referred to it. And it, it, it kind of made it, his pit bull took away all that stigma around a pit bull being aggressive when it had a, a name like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was also saying like, you know, it's such a lovely dog. She like, you know, loves the family, part mm-hmm. of him. She even baths with him and his daughter. So... <laughs> To me, that was like, oh, that may be a little bit far. <laughs> you don't bath with your cats. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even attempt bathing with my cats because that would be a very scary, bloody mess at the end. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, I think there, there, there is a, maybe that's normal um, and, and, and stuff and you, you take it to that extreme. But I, I do think there could be issues or, the as you were saying, like boundaries sort of blurring um or or i do have sometimes fears with my cats that you know the cats will um that my kids will get to like forget about that they are an animal and have animal instincts and if something they do they don't like they will attack them and hurt them or or whatever but and it's not the animal's fault it's it's you know their instinct to Mm -hmm. defend themselves or yeah. We see we see quite a few behavioural issues with um, pets allowed in the bed, for example. So, you know, they'll attack the husband when he tries to get into bed because they've got a connection yeah. to to the, the wife. Um, so, there, you know, there is a concern that obviously with the knowledge gap that, that these kind of issues can arise. And, and your example of, you know, wanting to make food seem more appealing, um, you know, the addition of things like gravies. A lot of gravies contain onions or garlic and those potential toxicity risks with feeding human food that people are not aware of you know grapes <laughs> grapes and, uh, and and dogs and cats don't go don't go well so I I worry that with the knowledge gap and without people sort of taking on an informed um, uh, sort of educational sort of content that we're hoping we're going to be providing through this podcast um, that that there are going to be risks to our, our pets with the the humanization of them and it's like how far do you take humanization to um you know if you're doing stuff to your pet that you would do for yourself and maybe the pet doesn't actually like it or Mm. or whatever it's not natural to them so do you think there are those kind of elements that come um you could see it in some trends that people were speaking about and you know you know even as people were speaking out and i'm I'm assuming and i'm really hoping that it was you know like fake tattoos that they heard about Mm. you know animals getting you know tattoos on them and stuff to kind of like judge them up for the Instagram pictures and, <laughs> and things. So um, it's, you know, how far do you take that? Mm-hmm. And, and what is the right information that we give um, to consumers? Mm-hmm. So what were some of the things? So you mentioned the tattoos. What were some of the, were they buying special items other than the maybe potentially trying to formulate foods or trying to add additional things? What other trends were you seeing within this space? So we weren't, I mean, we weren't seeing the really, really big trends with when, when consumers spoke about it. But if you actually go 
and and do some research on online and stuff you do see a lot of food trends coming so like um you know designing treats to kind of look like toys or to, to stimulate like play with your with your children or and, and those kind of things i mean the latest one was that um powder protein powder for your dogs i mean that's crazy <laughs> um yeah, so when consumers spoke about it, they would speak about more like the the things that we know, like medical aid and and buying into medical aid and having medical aid for your for your pets and or some sort of accident benefits. Um, you know, taking your uh, the cutest thing as I, I I belong to my community group at at, at it's not a pet group um, in my area, and somebody once posted something saying, please, if anybody has any dogs that would like to come to my house for a play date. Um, so even like play dates for your dogs were like trends that we are kind of seeing. And those are positive trends, yeah. certainly. And including, you know, that I want to take my dog away with me. You know, so people yeah. having that connection that they're actually making their pets part of their lives. So there's a lot of positive to it, which, which I can only encourage. <laughs> And I think also having your pet is like an emotional support. So mm-hmm. that is also, um, you know, they become their confidant, their therapist, um, someone that they can download onto when they come home. And and mm. and and if you're like me, your pet speaks back to you. So you you know that you know the answer. <laughs> you know the answer to your to your questions. And um, I was speaking to some experts in pet care in America, and one of the big trends that they are seeing is a lot of people are reclassifying their dogs or their cats as. Uh, medical cats and dogs so that they actually can fly with them on the airplane and they can always be with their pets so you know travel you you want you want to travel you don't want your 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 dog or cat to sit down um with the bags um Mm. in the plane you want to have the 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 seat beside you Mm, absolutely and if you can take them with you why not to make them part of your life and i think we're definitely seeing a trend for hotels offering accommodation and restaurants advertising that the you know people are welcome to bring their their dogs and they often provide little puppuccinos or yeah or like even <laughs> even dog and dog menus I've seen I've had a friend who opened up a, a store in, in Johannesburg and they had a, a full-on dog oh wow a dog menu <laughs> and it actually made me want to go and adopt a dog so I can start taking it to these things <laughs> and be in on the trend and be one, one of mine cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> a little sample five course taste testing <laughs> very cute and also the the daycares I mean when some yeah. of those probably put in place because people don't want to leave their pets at home or they're seeing the result of leaving their pets in terms of destructive or bad sort of behavior in terms of um, being on their own during the day when people are working so a lot of positive things coming from it and I know a lot of it's just more for our affluent consumer who are who are tapping into these trends. But we also did see it with our mid-income consumers as well as as our as a Kazi consumer. And what was quite interesting is one of our consumers fed back going, um, you know, she has a, a dog and she dresses up her dog and she lives in the township. And she's if you've ever heard this um, the saying cheese boy, she's like people are like I have a cheese pet or a cheese dog. Cheese or, dog. Um, so I thought that was really cute and. Cute. Um, Did she push it around in a pram? I think that was her name, her her, her goal. <laughs> I love that. So would you dress up your cats? If they let me, I, would. I do. I do have a I do have a Christmas hat that they sometimes get forced to wear. But no, okay, just for one photo. <laughs> just for one photo. No, can make it. What I'm, I must say, what I do like about it is the desire to try and meet pets' needs. So. You know, for me, again, talking behavioral stuff of sort of going, I want them to feel calm. I want them to feel relaxed. I'm going to try and meet their needs and anticipate their needs, yeah. particularly for things like fireworks or, 
you know, you've got family visiting, there are pheromones and calming things that you can offer your pets. Um, and I think possibly just a different level of respect mm. for your household pets when, um, when you have visitors or guests are like, well, I'm going to try and meet the needs of my pets as well. So that, that's, people are stepping up and I, I like that. And now a word from our amazing sponsors who make the Pause and Effect podcast possible. To make a promise implies trust. To make a pledge creates expectation and to make a commitment initiates responsibility. For more than 25 years, we have made it our mission to take the ifs, buts and maybes out of premium pet food. That's why our experts put the best science behind our food, so your pet's health is put first. That's why when you seek value, we strive to give you more, like protecting your pets with our free accident benefits. And when you need great tasting food, our fresh meat taste delivers. You see, what sets us apart is not one thing, it's all these things combined. Because we understand that when it comes to your pet's health, you don't want doubt and uncertainty, you want absolutes, the absolute best given your means, like premium veterinary quality food of real value that doesn't cost an arm and a paw. So rest assured that any claim we make, we stand by. It's our commitment to your pets and our promise to you. In fact, we're so confident in what we stand for that we have made the ultimate promise to you. It's called the Ultra Pet Promise, 100% money back guarantee, a no ifs, no buts, and no maybes kind of promise. We call it our satisfaction guarantee. Let's get back to our conversation on the Pause and Effect podcast. And what did also surprise me is how many people are thinking about the emotional well-being of their pet. Mm. And, you know, people buying supplements that did come through in our research, people buying supplements for their pets, um, for mental and, and people even buying mental, specialized mental um, dog or cat food so that did that that came through did surprise me I didn't think it would it would be so mm. low when it came through and it was a little bit higher than I it was still quite low but still mm. higher than I expected and there's so many things people can do you know whether it's mm. look into daycares or even put food rather than maybe formulating food which I obviously have an opinion on being very keen on nutrition but having the stimulating toys and things that they yeah. can use in order to to get their pets more engaged and and um and meet some of those needs when they're away from from them. So I, yeah, there are some really cool things out there. And your your feelings on um, do you think this is going to just be an increasing trend, or do you think it's definitely a growing trend? It's informing a lot. It's informing you know marketing decisions, innovation. Um, every week you see something new out there coming for dogs and cats. So I definitely think this is a, a growing trend. So people are tapping yeah. into this. We're probably actually a little potential. bit far, and it's, it's still quite big in South Africa. I would say that at least 20% of our um, sample that we spoke to are on this trend um, and they're looking for humanization. And I would say that would even grow much further in the next few years. And I suppose that influences a lot of the communication, the language yeah. that you use um, from a marketing perspective. Um, in order to try and relate to people and, and engage with them and, yes, and understand exactly. their their feelings about their pets. I mean, certainly um, speaking to, to my vet colleagues, it's, it's actually quite critical to, to be reminded that there, there is a changing feeling about how people view their pets. 
you know, when it comes to decisions like euthanasia or um, they're not well in, and sort of what they can do, especially as there are still the financial limitations. Yes. Um, and I'm quite interested to hear from you sort of the kind of money people are spending on their pets um, based on, on this new trend. But I, um, I think it's really important for, for us to, as professionals, to understand mm-hmm. um, and, and actually engage with our clients differently because they are, they've got a connection that is real. Um, and they want they want their, their pets to be viewed as as potentially not more important than their children, but yeah. <laughs> equally as important as their children sometimes. So. And I think that's where a lot of the tension points come in with consumers is that they want to be able to get the best nutrition for their pets, but then reality sets in and they have to make compromises. Sometimes it's mixing food, sometimes it's feeding scraps. But the intention there is generally to give the best nutrition I can for my pets at a budget that allows me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other tension that does come through on it is, like even with medical aid, we found that usership very low. And it's not because people don't want to buy medical aid for their pets or have be able to give it the best health care and go to a vet when it needs to. It's that they, they, they're struggling um, and often that, that cash needs to go for somewhere else. So at the end of the day it's you know cash and what I need and my budget dictates and you know medical aid is a little bit out there for me for my pets um, I'm struggling to do it for myself and my family so there are priorities that need to come into play and and I think that is you know how do we work around those and how do or how do we give medical aid benefits or allow them access to vets um, and how do we kind of do that so that they can give the best for the pet which consumers generally want to do Absolutely. And I mean, that's one thing that I, I do, plugging Ultrapet, I do love about Ultrapet is that they offer that free yep. accident cover, um, which is a great benefit. And it's, it's listening to what people are asking for, which is help with, yeah. with trying to meet those, some of those needs. Um, and I think those kind of things and just making decisions around, you know, marketing or, or, or products, manufacturing products yeah. or um, even labeling and um, visual sort of artwork and things can, can really yeah. um, appeal to people and help. Uh, very fascinating. And so when are you hoping to do another study? So, yeah, so at the moment we are kind of communicating a lot of this study um, to to people in the business, to our suppliers, to our agencies. Um, generally, in, a, in a, such a big study like this, we'll do it um, every three to five years. There will be elements of it that we obviously update, especially if the category is changing quite rapidly. You know, we want to stay on top of stuff. We want to stay on top of the consumer. We want to stay on top of trends. So trends is an ever all going every year, every day kind of kind of thing. But we would probably update the study in three years time. And if we do start seeing a real big market shift um, on, you know, in our sales or in um, what we're seeing out there, then obviously we would update it a lot, a lot earlier. What we are hoping to do is take some of these learnings and findings and methodologies and actually go to our different, different re- countries and stuff and kind of apply the same thing and, and get those kind of learnings in it. So it can be much broader than South Africa. Um, so it's refining some of these yeah. these studies and actually applying them in other areas. Yeah. Fascinating. It'll be very interesting to make comparisons. I'm obviously itching for the, the next ones because I'd love to see how things are changing. <laughs> but I think it's such valuable information. Um, there's been so much. I've been so excited to talk to you because there's so much to, to gain um, from a business perspective as yeah. well as, you know, sort of a connection perspective with your, your clients and 
and your and your own pets and understanding the limitations. You know, I think there's great education opportunity here. I mean, for for me, as I mean, I can speak about this forever. Yeah, well. There's every time you see, and you can. I mean, we'll still even do more research now. So obviously, if we unpack something and we've seen a learning and we want to understand more, we might go in. And, and dig a little deeper and really go and understand that consumer a little bit deeper. It could be within a channel, it could be within, you know, humanization trends. Uh, we may want to update that in the next year and see how that's evolved and see if it's grown or shrunk or whatever. So, you know, those kind of learnings that they will always be adding more data points and more research and more understanding to us. That's great. And I hope that I get the opportunity <laughs> to, <laughs> to love to share it. So, yes, definitely. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. It's been really informative and I'm very excited to, to see what's coming um, out next and for, for some more learnings. Thank you so much for your time, Victoria. Thank you for having yeah, me. Thanks. So cool. I know we could go on forever. <laughs> thank you, listeners, for joining us on this enlightening exploration of the evolving human pet bond here on the Pause and Effect podcast. As we wrap up, let's reflect on the insights we've uncovered. The trend of humanization is undeniably shaping the way we view and care for our furry companions. Our journey through this episode has unveiled a fascinating evolution in the pet world. It's an opportunity to deepen our bonds, treating them as integral family members. However, it's not a one-sided tale. We've delved into the limitations too. Concerns about behavior, welfare and nutrition that arise with this growing trend. I want to express my sincere appreciation for our guest, Victoria Laval, for not only shedding light on these aspects, but also sharing her personal views on pet ownership. Your expertise and insights have truly enriched our discussion. And don't forget to like this if you find it helpful and subscribe for more. Join us next time as we continue to explore the dynamic world of pets and their place in our lives. Until then, give your pets a hug from me. We have an exciting announcement to make. We are looking for guest speakers who are passionate about the pet industry and sponsors to support future episodes. Are you an expert in pet training, nutrition, or behavior? Maybe you're a veterinarian with insights to share, a pet store owner with unique experiences, or a pet product inventor. We want to hear from you. The Pause and Effect podcast is a platform for industry professionals like you to showcase your knowledge, experiences, and stories. As a guest speaker on our podcast, you'll have the opportunity to share valuable information, engage with our audience, and have your voice heard in the pet community. Whether you want to discuss training techniques, emerging pet care trends, or the importance of mental stimulation for pets, we want to feature you and your expertise. So, if you're passionate about pets and have something to say, we invite you to join us on an upcoming episode of the Pause and Effect podcast. But wait, that's not all. The Pause and Effect podcast is also seeking sponsors to support our mission of educating and entertaining pet lovers worldwide. By becoming a sponsor, you'll gain exposure to our engaged audience and have your brand associated with the love and care that we have for our four-legged friends. If you own a pet-related business, offer pet products or services, or simply want to align your brand with our pet-loving community, we'd love to partner with you. As a sponsor, your brand will be featured prominently in our episodes and our social media channels. It is a great opportunity to showcase your offerings to a dedicated audience of pet enthusiasts. So whether you're an expert in the pet industry looking to share your knowledge or a business seeking to reach a pet-loving audience, we want to hear from you. To apply as a guest or to inquire about becoming a sponsor of the Pause and Effect podcast, 
please contact me at drcara at causeandeffect.co.za. Get in touch and let's discuss the various opportunities. Thank you for joining us today. We can't wait to welcome our future guest speakers and sponsors to the Pause and Effect podcast. Remember, every episode is an opportunity to celebrate our four-legged friends.